0: I want to do fall things. Me too. Did you ever go to the Dead End Hayride?
1: No. If we not learned, I do not like haunted things. We should I, I want to go on a ghost hunt. To the Dead End Hayride. I do not like those, like, haunted houses. Like, the There's so tourist much attraction-y fun. things. I would like to just go actually sit in the dark and maybe see any real
0: ghosts. Sounds like a good way to get possessed by the devil.
1: nuh I'm too
0: Catholic for that shit. No, no. I mean, maybe. What's up, you fucks? Oh, that was aggressive. It's episode 30. What's up, you fucks? Like I'm Christina.
1: And I'm Amanda. Aggressive and cheerful at yes. the same time. That's, that's, I What's feel up? Like- you fucks. <laughs> That's
0: an accurate description of me. <laughs> I'm just aggressive and cheerful at the same time. As long as you're full. Mm-hmm. When you're hungry. The cheerful's not really No, it's really just aggressive. Quite. You're <laughs> just straight just up aggressive. Straight aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> hey. All right. Hey. 30. 30 episodes.
1: Everybody in the room's 30, including our episode.
0: Yeah. <gasps>
1: hey. What? I got an episode 30 gift <gasps> for you.
0: I did not buy you a present. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. I don't think it's fine.
1: fine. (laughs) It's in here somewhere. You got me a present. I got you a present. I love presents. I saw it it today when I had my little meeting with Melissa, and I had to get it. (laughs) 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 Not tuna. You have tuna in your purse. I always have snacks with me. You just have fucking packages of tuna in your purse when you went (laughs) cat. (laughs) <laughs> They're packs, And no, I'm not a cat.
0: They're the an easy st- snack to pull out and eat. Fucking carries tuna. That's weird. <laughs> a girl who lives in her car and is out of her house for 14 to 16 hours a day. i gonna fucking carry tuna in my purse. I carry tuna because <laughs> I can't have nuts. For the stray cat in me. <laughs> I, can't,
1: I can't have nuts. Why can't you have nuts? I can't have nuts in the center. Oh. So... I carry fucking tuna!
0: Fucking tuna.
1: I put it in here, where are you?
0: You have a purse within a purse? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we, I just wanna, let's do a whole episode where I just dig through <laughs> your bag.
1: you like could live out of here for like a week. <laughs> You're like my mom. Where the, well, where is the- The don't purse. worry i also have stickers oh those and, are pretty
0: stickers and
1: a ruler <laughs> and more stickers and stencils okay this isn't a show and, and tell <laughs> oh, It's it an alpaca it's alpaca it's a llama is it a sucker yeah i love candy and then i got the it balloon for me oh, that's creepy white fruit punch lollipop. Taking that it out was... of the
0: package. It's in another, it's in a package within a package. <laughs> yeah, and it was in my purse
1: within my purse.
0: <laughs> There's so many bags <laughs> to get to the llama.
1: But yeah, so I saw it and I was like, you know what? Because I was looking at other things to give to you online, but I didn't. Because they're cost money. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't get to order them at oh, time. It's fine. I don't need I things. have intentions. There will be more. Every time I've bought you a
0: present, it's been cookie dough. So let's not get too fancy up um, here.
1: <laughs> I also have my... I don't have it with me, but I have to give you this souvenir from Georgia. I keep oh, forgetting to give it to you. I love
0: presents. Anytime.
1: But, yeah. Happy 30th episode. Aww. God, Ooh. we're old. Every time.
0: Fucking spank that. Okay. me me (laughs) how's your week crazy as shit how's yours um it was a little weird i so last saturday we didn't record and i went into work and i went in at four and i like chugged like one of my tall dr peppers which i haven't had in like two months and i worked until eight hours (laughs) like i worked eight and a half hours i was just like chugging away at work and then i came home and i like could not settle down and i felt like my chest was super tight and i felt like i couldn't breathe and i like had to dose myself with benadryl took <laughs> popped a couple pennies oh my god and then the next day like all day i felt like i was on the verge of a panic attack and then i was at work on monday and i felt like i was on the verge of a panic attack and i went to the doctor i was like i can't fucking breathe I don't know what's wrong with me, and she's like, "Yeah, I just think you're having a prolonged anxiety attack, but you should probably go to the doc. You're like, I'm at the doctor. She's like, you should probably go to your doctor, and have her check you for like possible asthma because you have a lot of upper respiratory illnesses. Well, and this, and she's like, if you have change. asthma, people who have chronic asthma would come in with all of your symptoms and say they're having an asthma attack, mm-hmm. but people with chronic anxiety come in and say they're having an anxiety attack. So I would make sure that she checks you for asthma and like.
1: Yada,
0: yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. So all week off and on I've been feeling like I'm on the verge of having an anxiety attack. But I don't, I'm not anxious about anything. But it's just a really, it's almost like I'm anxious about being anxious because it feels like I'm about to have an anxiety attack at any minute. Yeah. Like even right now when I'm sitting here talking to you it just feels like my chest is super tight. So,
1: <laughs> being crazy is fun! It's really weird my computer screen <laughs> turned off as you slapped you're like, oh my god. <laughs> What'd
0: you do? I also develop magic powers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's a witch! Burn the witch! <laughs> Got oh
0: If she sinks, let her drown, or yeah.
1: what is it? Yeah, it was if she sinks, then she's not a witch. But if she floats and doesn't die, then she's a witch and would kill her. Death
0: fucking die because you know I float. You yeah. know I'm fucking buoyant um, as
1: shit. You'd be dead either way. That's the whole oh. thing. You die- When you sink, and they're like, oh, well, she wasn't a witch. At least she's going to heaven. Well, my swimming instructor, for
0: the water aerobics that I go to with my mom, the instructor was talking about how she has to wear, like, because I don't wear the, there's, like, a float belt you're supposed to wear because it's deep end water aerobic, so you're not touching the ground. And I don't wear it because I fucking float and one d- or on Wednesday she's like don't you have a belt on and i was like no i float and she's like well most people float but i'm like no you don't understand and i like drop my arms to my side my legs are pointed up straight up and down and i'm like i legit float like a fucking seal like i don't <laughs> and she's like that's so weird because i'm the exact opposite i will sink to the bottom and i can lay on the bottom of that the pool is and not float up and i'm like no i'm pretty sure it's almost impossible for me to drown because i fucking float like a bloated seal. <laughs> I'm a dense ass bitch. I just sink like a rock. I got real buoyant bones. It's like, if I'm not kicking, I'm down. <laughs> that's what she said. What? <laughs> if I'm
1: not kicking, I'm down.
0: Hmm. Yeah. How can I make that dirty? <laughs>
1: <laughs> How can that be dirty? <laughs> kicking, kicking. Sometimes
0: I just throw a that's what she said out there and see if it works. This <laughs> time it didn't.
1: <laughs> then you're like, wait. Nope. I mean, she might have said that, but it's probably in a very serious situation. <laughs> she probably said it
0: while she was swimming, you know? just
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know, like the scenario we were just talking about. <laughs>
0: God. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Uh, Alright. But yeah. We have a lot of shit to talk about. I know. We got the beginning of our first two-part, like, major two-part, where I'm doing a two-part, and you were doing a two-part. Correct. I feel like your story has a lot of information to it. I know mine does, because altogether it's 25 pages, so... See,
1: and mine is is only, altogether is only, like, nine, but it's because I got a lot... I had to, like, scrape it down to the bare bones, and then I have a lot of the information up in the noodle if you have questions about things, because if I was to go down every rabbit hole in this... Yeah. Bitch would be, like, a 100 pages long. Yeah, no. We'll just... Sh- so I cut it down to, like, a storyline type of thing, rather than story off of stories. Got it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So should I just dive right into mine? Well,
1: fuck yeah, get it. Alright,
0: fucking do it. I just... Just...
1: You gonna jump in? You're gonna develop gonna
0: a... Develop a stutter for a, a minute, stutter. and then we'll dive in? Alright. 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 Uh, I discovered this fuck when I was doing...
1: Fuck is like the word today. <laughs> Call them fuck. There's the fuck. Everybody's you're a, a fuck. fuck.
0: I'm a fuck. You're a fuck. Everybody's a fuck. Fuck. Okay. Fuck, fuck. Fuck and focus. Mother, mother, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck, fuck, mother, fuck. Fuck, fuck,
1: fuck,
0: fuck. dollars <laughs> little man. Put,
1: put that, that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, owe. Oh, wee, oh, wee, Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, Jay and Silent
1: <laughs> The other day, <laughs> I was driving and I was like, uh, "You look like Silent Bob."
0: <laughs> just a guy in a in a like work van was driving past me. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like,
1: genuinely had to like double take him because it looked just like Silent Bob. So, so okay, I, thank I, I you was for like, that. "It's so weird that that popped in my head," and then we just did that.
0: <laughs> I had another story I was going to tell you about. I remember what it was? I'm sorry. So we'll I'm so excited. No, okay. So, I discovered this guy when I was doing, like, the Countries That Listen To Us, and I did our German episode. Yep. And it is a serial killer that I've never heard of. Okay. And I can't believe- I don't know if you've heard of him, but I feel like if I had- if you had, you would have told me about him, because it's fucking fucked.
1: Fucking (laughs) fucked.
0: And (laughs) I have never seen a more complete Wikipedia page- the Wikipedia page itself was, like, 25 pages. Wow. Like, constant scrolling. I got, I'm not gonna lie, I got a lot of my information there because I pulled a lot of information off there, and then I was like, I'm gonna see if there's more, and when I went to research, it was, like, the same stuff on Wikipedia, so I was like, alright. Right. But, I've never seen a more complete Wikipedia page, I just need to point that out. <laughs> it's a lot of information. So, yeah. So, his name is Frederick Heinrich Karl Fritz Harman.
1: Sounds familiar.
0: Okay. I'm ready. He's a German serial killer known as the- also, I've done three now, Butcher of Hanover. It's the third time I've done of a, a guy who's called the Butcher of something. I did the Denmark one. Yeah. The jet, the one, love Harksteed, and now he's the a- Butcher of Hanover. He's also known as the Vampire of Hanover and also known as the Wolfman. Okay. He committed- the sexual assault, murder, and mutilation and dismemberment of a minimum of 24 boys and young men between 1918 and 1924 in Hanover, Germany.
1: is. This sounds really weird, but it does sound like something that's right up my alley. I know how you <laughs> like
0: things up your alley, and this just sounds like something that's right up your alley.
1: God, I was like, after you said the dismemberment and abuse and whatever of the boys, I'm like, I mean, it does sound like something I'd be intrigued by. It's
0: not even the, I mean, okay, there's a, this is a fucked up way of saying it, but that's not even the best part. So, strap in. Oh my All god. Alright, so, don't judge us, don't judge us if it's your first episode. Maybe I'm not honest. listen to this one first. Maybe just it's gonna go be back rough. to
1: like 25, start there if you feel like you need to start someplace close to recently. Like work your way
0: up, work your way up. <laughs> maybe start at 1. 1 well, is probably the best way to start. You said one really loud and piercing. <laughs> what?! <laughs> Alright, so. Okay. Uh, it- I'm not saying all five of his fucking names from now on, so his name's Harmon. That's where I'm going. <laughs> well, uh, why not, Nielsen? Friedrich Heinrich Karl Fritz Harmon. <laughs>
1: do
0: it lot. again! It's a lot. <laughs> the-, the Friedrich Heinrich Karl Fritz Harmon. It's a tongue twister there yeah. in the beginning. So I'm just going to call him Harmon from now on. Harmon. Harmon. Okay. He was born in Hanover on October 5th, 1879, uh, the sixth and youngest child born to Joanna and Ollie Harmon. Okay. He was a quiet child, did not have many friends, and rarely socialized with anyone other than his siblings outside of school. Okay. From an early age, his behavior was noticeably effeminate,
1: for lack of a... It was very... He was quite flamboyant. Flamboyant. Okay.
0: He was known to shun boys' activities and preferred to play with his sister's dolls and dress in their clothes. He also developed a passion for both needlework and cooking and would develop a close relationship with his mother.
1: Don't they all have a close relationship with their mother, whether it's bad or good? Right? Who reportedly spoiled him. So So no pressure, those of you that have kids, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do it right. Do it right.
0: Uh Harmon Sr. was known, so his father was known to be very argumentative, short-tempered, pretty much an all-around asshole. Cool. Who was known for laying pipe all over town. Oh, so he's a plumber? Yeah, exactly. No, he likes to fuck the bitches. No.
1: Um, Jesus! <laughs> You are aggressive this <laughs> evening.
0: Uh, during one of the several affairs he had, he contracted syphilis.
1: Okay, good.
0: So he was just a real classy motherfucker. Good, good. Despite being a hard-ass, um, he had, who had little time for his children and laying pipe all over time ty- town, his parents would remain together until his mother died in 1901. Ah. So, that's the life he was living in.
1: Life she was living in. Yes,
0: uh, in 1886 or 1986. Sorry, (laughs) wait, no, that's right, 1886.
1: It's like it's got to be 18. Otherwise, he's a hundred and some years old when you say this. (laughs)
0: Uh, Harmon began his schooling when where he was noted by teachers to be spoiled and basically baby child. He was just kind Uh, of
1: very much my way or I.
0: Yeah. He was also prone to daydreaming and not paying attention, um, and although his behavior at school was noted to be ex- exemplary, uh, he ba- he did very poorly in school okay. and was below average, um, and so below average that on two occasions he had to repeat a school year. And This oh. was, like, in the 1800s when nobody gave a fuck.
1: <laughs> for, for real, though, this is, like, the single-room yeah. schoolhouse type of time, isn't it?
0: Right. Um, It is believed that sometime around the time that Harmon was eight years old, he was molested by one of his teachers, but they didn't really have a lot of, there wasn't a lot to that story. It's just was reported that at some point um, he was molested. It was never really discussed in detail, though.
1: Once again, the time when people just didn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it didn't even come up as more than just a mention.
0: Right. Um, So with his parents' consent, he dropped out of school in 1894. So he was just below, he's about 14. Mm-hmm. Um, he then briefly worked as an apprentice locksmith, uh, before opting at age 15 to enroll in military academy in the town of Resac, Riesack? oh I think. I don't, it's German. Ressick? Ressick? maybe. Yeah. That sounds better. We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, his military training began on April 4th of 1895. He initially performed well as a trainee soldier, however, after five months of military service, he began to suffer periodic lapses of consciousness, which although they initially described it by a medical professional as being like sudden signs of anxiety, so he was having like anxiety attacks right. and like passing out um it was basically diagnosed to being the equivalent of epilepsy okay, so in october of eight in in October of eighteen ninety five is when that diagnosis came. Um, so after that following month, Harmon discharged himself from the military and returned to Hanover, uh, where he briefly worked in a cigar factory his father had established in 1888. At the age of 16, Harmon committed his first known sexual offense, um, uh, okay. which was it involved young boys whom he would lure to secluded areas, typically cellars, before proceeding to sexually abuse them. And he did that more than once. He was first arrested for committing these offenses in July of eighteen ninety-six and then like let go and he committed them a couple more times with a couple of other boys until the division of criminal matters opted to place Harmon in a mental institution in the city of Hildesham in February of
1: eighteen ninety-seven.
0: Okay. He was then transferred to a Hanover hospital for psychiatric evaluation. Um and was then certified as being incurably deranged and unfit to stand trial by a psychologist named gert Schmalfable? <laughs> Sorry what I don't I don't even know what that letter is Schmalfable? We'll just go with gert her name was gert his name was gert <laughs> that's what i'm going with i I remember there was a couple of names i was going to look up and i did not do that so we're just going to go with gert her name was gert so gertie, gert, gertie ordered harman <laughs> to be confined at the mental institution indefinitely um and so he was then moved from the psychiatric hospital to back to the mental institution in okay. may 28th of 1897 Seven months later, though, he escaped w- from the mental institution with the help of his mother.
1: So this is when he was, like, 18 now, right? Yes. About? Oh, at the
0: age of 16 is when he first committed his first, like, sexual mm-hmm. offenses, so probably at roughly.
1: 97 would be like 19-ish. 18-ish. He
0: was first arrested in 96, so that would still, that was 16 and then there's a couple other fences, so then it would have been 17, yeah, so roughly I was between 17 and 18-ish. Because it
1: was 79 was when he was born. Yeah. Yep. Word. Okay, so he's like, young adult, mommy came and snuck him yes. out. Yes. Okay.
0: So, seven months later, she helped him escape, and he fled to Zurich, Switzerland, where he lived with a relative of his mother and obtained employment as a handyman in a shipyard. He remained in Zurich for sixteen months before he returned to Hanover in April of eighteen ninety nine. Okay, and the end? No, they he never had to go back to jail. Oh, like he just showed back up in Hanover there, and they're like, alright, it's fine." It's
1: like that's it. That's your whole story. Yeah, that's
0: that's it. That's it. That's it. Story's done. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and then they lived happily ever after. Yeah, he never. I just couldn't. I'm like,
0: this motherfucker like abused a whole bunch of little boys already. He escaped the mental institution, and then he waited 16 months and was like, nah, it's been enough time. They Smile. forgot about me.
1: Oh, well, clearly it was enough time. Yeah. I'm just, I'm mean, so. I had to take this off my legs. No, you She's heavy!
0: <laughs> it's all that tuna.
1: No, it's all the books.
0: <laughs> Notebooks! <laughs> Alright, so he's back in Hanover, and then, um, early in the uh, s- oop, doop, Sorry, I lost my place. Okay. So he then became engaged. <laughs> uh, he then became came engaged to a woman named Erna Lowert, who soon became pregnant with his child. In October of 1900, Harmon received notification to perform his compulsory military service. Okay. So before it was, like, voluntary. Now he yeah. has to do it. So on October 12th of 1900, he was deposed... Deploys. But... It was deploys.
1: Hold
0: on, that's not a fucking word, yo. All
1: right, deploys is a word. Just wrong context. No, de-
0: I said deploys. Oh,
1: oh yeah, that's not a word. It's
0: not a fucking word.
1: Oh, yeah, no. Well, oh, you're <laughs> stupid, huh? <laughs> you're right. That's not a word.
0: On October twelfth,
1: nineteen hundred. That face you just made. <laughs> Like I just genuinely didn't know if maybe I didn't know what you meant or what.
0: (laughs) All right. Whew. This has been good so far. (laughs) 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 Fuck. A lot of relief. Dude, there's gonna be so much boy rape in our episodes, (laughs) both of them. Both of our episodes both talk about child stuff. Okay. Oh god. Okay. On October twelfth. 1900 harman was deployed and in- to serve in the number 10 rifle battalion throughout his service Harmon earned a reputation among his superiors as an exemplary soldier and excellent marksman and he would later describe his period of service with his battalion as being the happiest of his entire life
1: It's because he's regimented i mm-hmm. feel like that's just kind of what I feel like a lot of people thrive when they have, like, a regiment and people are just kind of letting them know what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to do it.
0: So, after collapsing while on exercise with his battalion in October of 1901, Harmon began to suffer dizzy spells and was hospitalized for over four months. He was later deemed unsuitable for military service and work and was dismissed from military service on July 28th of 1902. Okay. He was discharged from the military under medical terms described as being probable dementia proxia, which is now called schizophrenia.
1: Yeah. I was like, So there was
0: something wrong up a, in that old noggin of his. A couple of bolts loose, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: He was awarded a monthly military pension of 21 gold marks, and upon his military discharge, he returned to live with his fiance in Hanover. He briefly worked in the small business his father had established before unsuccessfully filing a maintenance lawsuit against his father, citing that he was unable to work due to ailments noted by the military. Okay. So, was trying to say that his father had to basically pay him disability.
1: Right. Give me monies.
0: His, his father successfully contested Harmon's suit and the charges would be dropped. Then the following year, a violent fight between father and son resulted in Harmon's father himself unsuccessfully initiating legal proceedings against his son. So they had a very volatile relationship. Um, He cited verbal death threats and blackmail as justification to have his son return to a mental institution.
1: I mean, it sounds like his son probably could use some help. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually... We're not even into it yet. (laughs) Uh, These charges would also be dropped due to lack of corroborating evidence. Uh, Harmon was ordered to undertake a psychiatric examination in May of 1903. And the examination was conducted by Dr. Andre, who concluded that although morally inferior, Harmon was not mentally unstable. So he had no morals, but he was sane.
1: But he's fine.
0: So his father then gave him financial assistance and Harmon and his fiance opened a fishmongery.
1: A fishmongery? What's that?
0: Like a fish shop?
1: Is it like a fi- like a market? Yeah. Type of what deal like-
0: okay. With fish.
1: <laughs> I was like, what's a mongery? What's a fishmongery?
0: Uh Harmon himself briefly attempted to work as an insurance salesman as well before being officially classified as disabled and unable to work by the government. okay. Um, as a result, his monthly military pension was slightly increased. The same year, his fiancée, pregnant with his child at this point, terminated their engagement. Oh! Um, according to Harmon, this ultimatum occurred when he accused his fiancée of conducting an affair with a student. As the fishmongery, though, was registered in her name, Erna Harmon. Or, sorry, Erna told Harmon because she was a badass bitch to get the fuck out. <laughs> Like, dude.
1: So, this is on Harman's, dime.
0: Harman's father gave them the money yep. to start this, but it was in her name because he was fucking crazy and disabled.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, it it, yeah.
0: When she was like, mm, yeah, you can get the fuck out. Right. And, uh, just simply ordered him to leave the premises.
1: Bye,
0: bitch. Yep. Boy, <laughs> Bye. I'm 100% that bitch. <laughs> Lizzo. <gasps> uh, for the next decade, Harmon primarily lived as a petty thief, burglar, and con artist.
1: All right, All gotta right. make a living somehow.
0: Yes. So we're in. We're now into
1: 1905. Okay, 1905. He's in his what, like late 20s. Yes. And he is now kicked out of the fish mart? Yes. And is being a petty criminal to live.
0: Correct. Okay. So he served several short prison sentences for offenses such as larceny, embezzlement, and assault. On one occasion, when working legitimately as an invoice clerk, he became acquainted with a female employee with whom he would later claim to have robbed several tombstones and graves with. Okay. Between 1905 and 1913, he was never charged with these offenses. However, due to other petty crimes, Harmon spent the majority of the years between 1905 and 1912
1: in jail. Okay. Okay in
0: late 1913 he was arrested for burglary and a search of his home revealed a horde of stolen property linking him to several other burglaries despite protesting his innocence he was charged with and convicted of several bur- uh a series of burglaries and frauds and he was sentenced to five years in prison for these offenses
1: hey guys but i i didn't do it <laughs> but you so that's a theme you'll find yeah, but i I know it's- I know it's in my space, like, where I live, where I stay, like, but I didn't do it. Yes. Okay.
0: So, he was in prison, and then World War I broke out. Okay. And due to compulsory conscription resulting from the outbreak of World War One, Germany had a shortage of available domestic manpower. So, in the final years of his prison sentence, he was permitted to work throughout the day in the grounds of various manor houses.
1: Oh, so kind of like how women took over the mm-hmm. took over. But the he's a prisoner
0: convicted of burglary, and they're like, "Yeah, go work in these rich people houses."
1: Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. But it wasn't um, his Nielsen, right?
0: He didn't do that. And then he was sent out to work each at the beginning of each day with instructions to return to the prison at the end of the day. Upon his and he, which he did. So that upon his release from prison in April of 1918, Harmon initially moved to Berlin before he returned to Hanover, where he lived with one of his sisters before renting a single room apartment in August of
1: 1918. Okay. And
0: so it begins. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, According to Harmon... Part of his testimony when he was arrested, he was struck by the poverty of the German nation as a result of the loss um, they had suffered in World War I. Um, through his initial efforts to both trade and purchase stolen property, um, he was work- He worked a lot at, Han- at Ho- Hanover Station. So he did a lot of, like, trying to trade and buy and sell things at Hanover okay. Station. Um, but there was no real legitimate jobs. Everybody had- was in poverty, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure there were legitimate jobs, but none he was interested in. Right. (laughs) So, Harmon, through these kind of ill-gotten gains and things like that, established several criminal contacts with whom he would trade in contraband property, and then he would immediately kind of revert it back into the criminal life. However... Okay. Because of the poverty, um... Many basic commodities became increasingly scarce and expensive to purchase, fueling an increase in crimes such as theft, assault, murder, in addition to a significant increase in black market trading. And due to the police or the peace treaty that Germany signed in 1990, Germany, 1919, Germany had no army and was forbidden to participate in any arms trades.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So it's police forces were badly paid and overstretched, and had limited resources at their disposal, um, so police were very welcoming of assistance and informants from the criminal underworld. Okay. So, despite police knowledge that Harmon was both known a known criminal and a known homosexual, which was illegal God. and punishable by imprisonment in I Germany, can't,
1: the, I mean everywhere at some point had, like, laws like that on the right. book, which is just fucking ridiculous and unbelievable to me, but... I know, I... Anyway, I, that's every time one of the I parts- hear something or read something, I'm like, oh my, it's I can't still even imagine. It's in Russia. Yeah, I know, I can't even imagine. Fuckers. Stupid, okay.
0: So, despite the police knowing this, Harmon gradually began to establish a relationship with Hanover Police as an informer, largely as a means of redirecting the attention of the police from himself, in his own criminal activities, and to facilitate his access to younger men.
1: Maybe this is where the dot, dot, dot starts. Mm -hmm. So by 1919,
0: he is known to have regularly patrolled Hanover Station and to have provided police with information relating to Hanover's Extensional... extension Extensive... Criminal Network. I was combining extensive and criminal to extensional...
1: (laughs) The Extensional Network. Of- yes.
0: The Extension... Ex- fucking a, You know what I'm trying to existential? say.
1: Existential?
0: Nope. Extensive Criminal <laughs> Network. So, with the cooperation of several police officers, he devised a ruse where he would offer to fence... To fence or store stolen property at his premises, then pass the information to police, who would then raid his property and agreed to arrest the contacts, but they would also arrest him. Okay. So, to remove any suspicion, and then they would basically release like him false arrest, mm-hmm. okay, and then they'd release him
1: that way they can still use him as an informant because they think they he got arrested, and somehow, yes, okay,
0: and on numerous occasions, he is known to have performed citizens' arrest oh. upon commuters for offenses such as traveling on forged documents. So as a result of these activities, police began to rely on Harmon as a reliable source of information regarding various criminal activities in the city, and he was allowed to patrol Hanover Station largely at will with no no one sur- supervising him.
1: Okay, so that's he basically the had free reign to kind of
0: do whatever the fuck yeah, he wanted.
1: that's how he used that authority.
0: And it was basically he set himself up to have the perfect hunting grounds. Yeah. What he wanted.
1: yeah, it's like a, okay, so this reminds me of a combination of Andre Chicatello and um, Dean Coral. Dean Coral, they had a very, very sparse law, like everything was, there was like a handful of investigators for things, you know. It was a large city, and then like Andre Chicatello always used to sit around the train stations and pick off the kids that were traveling on mm-hmm. their own. Yeah, that's what it just what it's what it reminds me of.
0: Very similar to that. So between 1918 and 1924, Harmon is known to have committed at least 24 murders, although he is. Although he is suspected of murdering a minimum of 27. Okay. All of Harmon's victims were males between the ages of 10 and 22, uh, the majority of whom were in their mid to late teens. The victims will be lured back to one of his three addresses in which Harmon is known to have resided throughout those years. He's known to have killed upon the promise of assistance, accommodation, work, or under the pretense of arrest. Um,
1: let's see here. Ted Bundy style.
0: Yes. At <laughs> Harmon's apartment, the victim would typically be given food and drink, lulling them into a feeling of safety before he murdered them.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Harmon's first known victim was a 17-year-old runaway named Friedel Roth. When Roth disappeared on September 27, 1918, his friends told police he was last seen with Harmon, who at the time time of this first known murder resided in a single-room apartment. Under pressure from Roth's family, police raided Harmon's apartment in October of 1918, where they found him with a semi-naked 13-year-old boy. He was charged both with both the sexual assault and battery of a minor and sentenced to nine months in prison. He would later, Harmon would later state to detectives at the time of his arrest, Mm -hmm. he would tell them that if they had searched his apartment, the head of Friedel Roth was wrapped in a newspaper and stowed behind his stove.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: He avoided serving his sentence throughout 1919. So he was sentenced on the sexual assault and battery of a minor, but he avoided being arrested or just basically through, like, not showing up and kind of smooth-talking kind of like it. Kind he just moved yep. away
1: for a year and some and then came back and they're like, oh, it's fine.
0: Yes. So that October, he met an 18-year-old, <laughs> an 18-year-old named Hans Granz. <laughs>
1: Hans Gronz!
0: Who had run away from his home in Berlin following an argument with his father on October 1st. Gronz had slept rough in and around Hanover Station for approximately two weeks, selling old clothes in and around the station to earn enough money to simply eat before he ran into Harmon. In his subsequent confessions to police, Gronz stated that although his sexual orientation was heterosexual... He himself initiated contact with Harmon with the intention of selling his body, having heard of Harmon's homosexuality through acquaintances he had established in Hanover. Okay. So, Gronz is basically his little fuckboy through this right. whole story. He's
1: like, see, that sounds like Dean Corll too, because mm-hmm. he had his little fuckboys that yes. he gave money and cars to and stuff to get mm-hmm. him more people and things. Oh my god, okay.
0: So, Harman himself stated following his arrest that he viewed Gronz as being like a son to him adding that he pulled Gronz out of the ditch and tried to make sure that he didn't go to the dogs.
1: It's weird. Yeah. It's weird fatherly so, relationship he got yep. there.
0: So shortly after they met Harmon, invited Gronz to move into his apartment, and they would. he would later become Harmon's lover and criminal accomplice. According to Harmon, although he was smitten with Granz, he gradually became aware that the youth manipulated and occasionally mocked him. On several occasions... Throughout the years, Granz resided with Harmon, but would temporarily be evicted by following heated arguments in which he ridiculed or rebuffed Harman's threats or accusations against him. However- he gets arguments and he's like, bye, bitch! Out! However, Harmon would usually plead with Granz to return and live with him, because he's a needy little bitch. God, I want to
1: punch him in the throat.
0: Uh, so despite the manipulation that Harmon knew he was enduring, uh, he later claimed to tolerate Garons as he craved his companionship and affection, adding, I had to have someone I meant everything to. I just... What? Mm-hmm. So, Harmon finally was forced to serve a nine- his nine-month prison sentence for the sexual abuse of that minor.
1: Oh, nine months, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And he had to, he was forced to serve that between March and December of 1920. Upon his release, he again regained the trust of the police and again became an informant.
1: Oh my gosh. Once
0: again, in setting up his perfect hunting grounds. And that is where we leave you for today. What?
1: Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, it hasn't even started any of the like deep, deep stuff. Nope. Dude, the fuck? Yeah, like a little bitch. So it's kind of like it's weird to me because if Grans, Hans Grans, Hans Grans, um, is manipulating him, like it's it's I don't know. It's just weird to me that he would be like a criminal, like. Henchman, in a sense. Yeah,
0: it's uh the whole. Sounds I mean, like a, I mean, we'll get into it. It sounds
1: like a very codependent relationship in comparison. It is,
0: and it is a very odd mix of uh, a lot of different serial killers.
1: What, he's like his sugar daddy. Yeah, basically. it really is like a mix of a bunch of different. Yeah, because he's kills. heterosexual,
0: and so there's parts like you'll get into it that he'd bring girls back and like have relationships with women too. Hans Gronz? Hans Gronz. He literally was just allowing Harmon to bang him for money.
1: Right. Do you think he was the pitcher or the catcher? Do you think Harmon liked to stick it in or get it stuck?
0: I have a feeling that he was a catcher.
1: He's like, please, just put it in my pooper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right in the little balloon.
1: (laughs) God, look at the dumper on that one. Oh my God! I'm sorry, everybody. Oh God. But but that's I've that's what I was curious. I'm like I can't tell who is like the who would be the I don't know alpha of the two because yeah. the one he's I effeminate and whatever. I but... will tell you that it's maj-
0: majorly majorly ma- majority <laughs> I believe majority of it is Harmon. He's See, the crazy motherfucker. Well, not, and that's what... There's even there's even dispute as to whether or not uh, it was more along the lines of Hans knowing what was happening and not doing anything to stop it, but um, not
1: actively participating in Maybe it. just taking advantage of a situation where yeah. it's like, okay, well, he's giving me a place to live and buying me things and doing this stuff, and all I have to do is not say anything and let him fuck me and we're good.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, we'll get into it though next.
1: Fuck. For in part due. You know what? I'm glad that we're pre recording because I get to hear it soon. You guys have to fucking wait a week. <laughs> You're such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it made me giggle. It's so dumb, but I love it.
0: <gasps> I remember what I was going to tell you. What?
1: Should it be on the recording?
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you at the end though. It's funny. Okay,
1: yeah. We're going to need some sort of light.
0: Something. Okay, let's let's fucking now that I left you blue balled Let's fucking
1: blue ball you some more Blue-ball with. ball me back.
0: <laughs> with the with,
1: uh, half of a fucking story for you. Yeah, ya. I'm just
0: going to tell you half the story and the n- next episode is something completely different. <laughs> just make up the end for yourself. You <laughs> look your it up own yourself, adventure. motherfucker.
1: <laughs> All right you ready for this? I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) Uh, so I'm gonna tell you all about the Franklin cover-up, or the Franklin conspiracy, or the Franklin credit union fiasco, whatever you want to call it. You have been
0: telling me about this since episode, which is the one where I did the, the Denmark, the butcher of What episode was it? I have to look it up.
1: I don't know, but I feel like I need to make a glossary of the episodes so that we can look and just make sure we didn't do things. Because I find myself finding things, I'm like, this sounds really familiar, it sounds cool. And then I read more and I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure we did this and I have to look it up.
0: I gotta find what episode it was.
1: It's been a while.
0: Um... Not the Bone Breaker... Oh, is that- the Monster of Belgium, episode four. You've been talking to me about this since episode four. Bitch, I think I've been doing research
1: on this since episode four. <laughs> <laughs> and I still feel like I didn't do it justice. But So this is like as much of a storyline of the story of the Franklin cover-up as I could do. Okay. There's a book that has like super details called the Franklin cover-up that you can look up get if you're interested, but this is just like in story form, the things that went down, and then there's a random little update now and I tell a little bit more about um, some of the victims' stories than the others, but there's so many different rabbit holes I could have gone down to explain things. Is this going to
0: make me want to,
1: like, theorize? This is going to make you be afraid that we're going to be flagged after we put this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Because it's one of those things that every time I looked anything up, nothing would come up. I would have to go into like wording things a certain way and doing really specific parts of the story, and not just straight this. Franklin so it's like, like union.
0: legit a cover up.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is. And as far as like everything points points that it is. Let's start. Okay. This conspiracy is about a child sex abuse case based in Nebraska. Of all places. Fucking Nebraska. It has nothing. Um, and it such a. fucking r- molesters, apparently. Uh, right? Um, Sorry
0: for all of you in Nebraska.
1: I'm just kidding. It's. But. I'm There's just nothing saying. funny about
0: molestation.
1: Ma- malestation. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway so and it's based around a man named Lawrence King jr. aka Larry King so not suspended not Larry King crypt
0: keeper Larry King yeah the, um, how this, old is he like nine thousand and sixty two he's
1: gotta be it's he like looks his like, ghost he that's looks still like the Crypt
0: keeper um, like they've just like propped him up with like toothpicks <laughs>
1: but this is like Larry King is one of the um is a Republican African American Like, he's lower government, Mm -hmm. but he is the one who ran the Franklin Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. He was also the head of the Black Republicans of the state, and being a prominent politician and person in state, he sang the national anthem at the Republican National Convention two times. Okay. Yeah, so he, like, is a person that is known. Got it. In the 70s and 80s, Larry King ran the credit union... And basically pulled a Ponzi scheme. So he ended up stealing about $40 million from this credit union, at least stealing quotations around that, um, from people that had invested in it. Ugh, fucker. Mainly high-ranking members, such as a place called Boys Town, which it says that it is a, um area, which it's the richest mile in the world, But it's an area that people who have a lot of money put their money into it to have a place for lower privileged youth and young men to come and have things to do outside of school. Sounds a bit rapey to me.
0: When you name it Boys
1: Town, that just takes it right to Rape Town to me. But that was one of the largest investors. Quotations. There's a lot of quotations in this. Alleged. Yes. Everything is alleged. Everything is alleged. Yeah, let's premise that. All of this is alleged. I do not have any true facts. This is what I could put together from all of the reading, podcasts, documentaries, interviews, the footage from different stuff We're that a I small
0: fish in a big pond. I'm sure we're going to be fine.
1: But I'm just saying it's allegedly. 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 Whenever I say a sentence, just put allegedly in front of it. Okay. <laughs> so Boys Town was the largest investor in the Franklin Credit Union. Okay. Anyway, so he would do this under the guise of basically bringing political figures around and showing them places and, like, taking them out, and he would say that he spent all this different, all these different monies on business expenses, but then would pocket the money instead. And so he technically only made, like, on paper, 20-something thousand a year, and he was living in a... Like two thousand a month apartment house area where it's like yeah you can't afford that without having a little extra on the side that's not being accounted for mm-hmm. so that's kind of how they were able to find it on paper but anyway it's
0: fucking dumb right if you steal money be smart about it don't buy don't buy a fucking not, Lambo if you can't afford a fucking right
1: live within groceries your, hey live within your quote unquote means or just fucking disappear. Or don't steal money that is not yours. I mean, that's
0: always an option. I'm just saying (laughs) that if you end up with money that may or may not belong to you, and you want to keep living with that money, don't be a fucking dumbass. Right.
1: Be smart about it. It's Like, I always used to tell my little sister, if you're gonna take stuff out of my room, at least put it back where you got it, I wouldn't have even known. Don't leave it on your floor. You incriminate yourself. I didn't put it there. Right. I didn't bring it into your room and put it there. Stupid. But it's like that. At least be smart about it. If you're going
0: to be a criminal, don't be fucking dumb. I'm trying to teach you things in life. Be smart about your crimes. Hey. You're welcome. <laughs> in
1: 1988, it seems like people knew knew that around Omaha... Larry King was, like, off. Something was weird about him. It's like the people in town kind of knew, but nobody really knew what it was. Uh, They had... They knew that he had a dark side. Uh-huh. Okay. So, like I said, he was pocketing a bunch of money. Okay. And it wasn't... he Like you said, he wasn't being very careful about it. He was living with, outside of his means. He was upgrading things in his office and property. In fact, he ha- had put a bedroom into his office... With a locked door and no entry unless you were invited or friends. So that's not rapey at all. Yeah, that sounds like extremely not okay. We'll just say not okay, you know? (laughs) Fucking shit. Um, So Larry King had what one would call a partner in crime. Craig Spence, who was a correspondent for ABC in Vietnam. Who was known to um, do a lot of blackmailing. In Japan after Vietnam, basically being like, I have all this on you because he lived in Washington, had a mansion, and he had bugged it. And oh. so he would have these highfalutin people come and they High would talk about their shit. And then he'd be like, hey, guess what? Motherfucker. I know all this stuff. And so he. So and he then, was a real swell guy as well. Right. So Craig Spence was arrested in 1989 for i don't know why they like specified this but homosexual prostitution scandal um having to do with the reagan and bush bush administrations so officials from these different parties allegedly took part in this prostitution ring where two of the sex workers claimed to have entered the white house at some point okay um spence was arrested and went to jail for this Well. He was supposed to go to jail, but he committed suicide and they call it getting suicided. So this is like a thing. So he committed suicide. Some of the people in this got shot twice in the head and then they called it a suicide. Yeah, bitch. I'm telling you. Okay. Anyway, so one getting off topic. (laughs) Okay. So back
0: to boys town. I don't want to go to Boys Town. Can we just make that clear that I don't want to go to Boys Town? Let's go to Boys Town. I don't think the boys wanted to go to Boys Town. (laughs) Anyway. That sounds like a metaphor for raping boys. Let's go to Boys Town. Right.
1: I don't like it. So, the two guys that said that they had gone into these governmental buildings and been places, Mm -hmm. uh, one of which was Paul Banaki. Okay. Okay. Who would have been fifteen at the time that he alleged the tours of the White House happened? Benaki is so. The wait, one... pause.
0: I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this. Okay, so the prostitution scandal mm-hmm. was that Spence brought prostitutes into the White House. Four yes. people in the White House.
1: The scandal, yeah, but because there wasn't any like names of who it was, he was just the one who brought them there, he was part of the ring. Right. The sex ring.
0: And it was two boys.
1: It was two, like, teenagers, yes.
0: And they were prostitutes for people in the White House, basically. Yes. For the president. This is what was claimed by...
1: um, Because Paul Benaki is actually the one who kicked off the investigation into the Franklin Credit Union because he spilled his guts, basically, and told everything. So Benaki was kidnapped at the age of 6 from a relatively normal household it seems like i didn't find anything weird about it mm-hmm. and was put into this into sex slavery which he was in from 6 to 19 jesus so he was in this um sex ring again allegedly this is his story mm-hmm. i'm not like saying it's for sure true but it sure fucking seems like it um trigger warning we're just gonna go ahead and say that before we get into. What did things. I
0: say about wanting to go to Boys Town? I don't want to. Uh,
1: too bad. Um. So there will be some graphic content because I do quote some of his, some of his testimony. Um. I cut out some of it because it's too much, and it's just unnecessary. You know what I mean? So, but most of it, I, I do quote some things that are very, very uncomfortable. So, this is why I had nightmares, so... Enjoy. Banaki was... Testified that there were parties. We're gonna call them parties. I call them gatherings because that's a fucking... Nope. Parties sounds too cheerful. Orgies. Um, what, orgies. Well, I feel like an orgy... <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of involuntary type of things happening that... To call it anything that could be a voluntary thing. Um... Would take place in d c where senators and congressmen were present and would take would take place after political gatherings, so he's saying that there are these after parties where they would some of the people would stay that were there and they would bring in these like child sex slaves basically that would come in and they could basically just do whatever to them, okay. Um, no, 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 no. uh, there, he said there would be kids that just would get passed around, um, as if they were sex toys to these men, young boys and girls. Some of the people that were there wouldn't be doing anything, but because they were there, they had to keep their mouths shut and they, or they wouldn't, they would get blackmailed into not being in, you know, going to jail themselves. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm gonna, like, try not to, like, giggle through this because I'm so nervous. It's nervous laughter. It's not because it's I, funny. Yeah, no. Um, A good amount of the adult men would partake in the pedophilia, though. Benaki also stated that he met some people that I don't feel comfortable naming because I don't want to, and then he trailed off, and the judge asked him, are you scared? And Benaki said yes. Benaki also said that They would be threatened with guns, having a gun barrel once shoved into his mouth, um, that he would have the, oh, that they would have the men and sometimes other boys rape him, so they would, like, force them to do it to each other, too, and, like, yeah, all sorts of gross stuff.
0: I know this wasn't a visual platform.
1: I know. Your, your,
0: your poor face. (laughs) I don't like this at all. Yeah, I, I have told no, you. Put my hood up like I'm watching a horror movie. <laughs> I was like, What did I say? I said
1: you're going to fucking hate this. I don't fucking
0: like it. <laughs> Not, a, I don't want to play
1: anymore. They would beat him, and but only do it in places where they could cover it with clothing so there wasn't any suspicion by anybody outside when they're transporting things, it, things being kids and people. Um, He would also get burned, and he once had his fingers broken, he said. Uh, He also said that there were things similar to a cattle prod that they would use, and they would actually, like, stick it in his rectum and shock him. Uh And all all of this was done at the direction or with Larry King knowing. Okay, so he is, like, the spearhead of this organization. I'm
0: fogging up my glasses right now. I know.
1: Oh, honey, we're only on page two. I don't... Why do you do this to me? Because it's called I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm not going to tell you about roses. Well, roses...
0: Hey, I'm sorry. You don't know. Maybe they're interesting. Have you Googled roses?
1: I'm sure they are interesting, but I doubt there's many, like, really weird subjects about roses to talk about. Either way, Larry King would fly these children all over the country to these gatherings, and he was president almost all of them. He would have receipts for these flights, which who fucking leaves a paper trail?
0: Because he's not fucking smart. We've already established that.
1: And nearly every single time there would be five to eight unnamed passengers, because you're supposed to name the passengers, but they would. It was just, like, passenger one, two, three, four, or five. And then it would be, like, the name, his name and whatever so they could get it the be okay. Because they were private planes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he had all the money in the world at his 20000 a year job. Right. <sighs> there were over 200 of these receipts that would have those unnamed passengers on them. Okay. Banaki names... Names many politicians in his accusations, one being Barney Frank. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, I'm not totally sure of him either. He's Mm -hmm. one of those ones I wanted to look up and look deeper into, but I was like, I don't have time to like go into everybody who's named in these things. So he's a politician. I know that much. Saying he had direct relations with him and he was once flown to Massachusetts for sex with Franks in his basement in Boston. Anaki said that King would put politicians in compromising positions in order to pass what legislature he or his counterparts would want. So if he was able to get them to be at a place where this sort of thing is happening and mm-hmm. they didn't want to get blackmailed into, um, like if they were to tell somebody, basically they would implicate themselves at being at these functions too. So trying to use that to sway them to vote the way that they wanted them to vote. Um, Either way, by raping, either by raping them or witnessing rape of an underage child, which, I don't, all children are underage, that was redundant. (laughs) (laughs) Banaki's proclamations were very detailed. Mm -hmm. Not only in the acts, but also exactly where things had happened and with whom they had happened. He said that the whole sex ring was based out of the Ofet Ofet Air Force Base near Omaha. Mm -hmm. And that's where they would fly out from. Okay. Um, And that also had a space where they would torture the kids, um, including drugging them sexually abusing them, beating them, basically just breaking them down and making them malleable so they just didn't give a shit. Right. You know, Turning them actually into... Yes. Um, off at base is where George W. Bush... This just a random side note. Off at base is where George W. Bush went for the first planning session about the 9-11 attacks. Um, he was in Florida at the time and flew there. It might be because this is, like, the plan for whatever, because Off is actually... Um, one of the main bases for nuclear... It's in the center of the country. Well, so it's, it's in the center of the country. It's a center, central nuclear base, so mm-hmm. it's one of the places that has the most nuclear weapons. Same with, like, the Dakotas. Yeah, North Dakota. Freaks Bo- me sure. out. Um, I think that's more likely why, but it's just a random fact mm-hmm. that I heard. Uh, It would make sense to have things like that in such a low priority. Profile place, such as Nebraska, but either way, it's a weird coincidence. Uh, George Bush Sr. was named by multiple people who are connected to the Franklin cover-up. But Naki also claimed that when he was between the ages of, like, 10 and 14, he was used to lure other kids from malls and parks to get abducted by these people, telling them that he had beer, or they were going to go party, or they, you know... I did, mm-hmm. Whatever the age was, whatever would get them to go places. And then they would get grabbed, chloroformed, and subdued and put in the car and left. So then those who were abducted were taken to a secluded place and auctioned off. There are places, Banaki named Las Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, Toronto, and other big bigger cities that would be, like, a fast-moving, no-one-would-notice-that-this-is-happening type mm-hmm. of deal. Those were the two, like, specific things, ones that he named.
0: And is it because he was just in it so long that he knew all, had all this information? Well,
1: because they kind of turned them into cronies, so they have to... After, basically, it became they
0: weren't little boys or little kids anymore. Right, that they, they made... ended up
1: being more of, like, a... What's-his-face? The one... Henchman. Hans, bronze. Mm-hmm. They turn into that where they're kind of helping i mean they're still there and they're partaking in those things but right okay they become more of a part of it he said that many of the people buying the kids would have accents and were clearly from other countries so it's an international thing another big part of of this is the johnny gosh case have you seen who took johnny Mm -mm. so i was gonna rewatch that because i've seen it before it used to be on netflix but it's off netflix now and you actually have to rent it to watch it on, like, Amazon. Amazon. um. So I didn't do that because I was like, I'm not going to spend the four bucks. So, but it was a big missing case, and the mom pushed to figure out where her son was, like, crazy. And Benaki said that, claimed that he took part in that kidnapping, and that's what that documentary is basically about. So Johnny was the first missing child on a milk carton because his mom was very, like, Apt to get his name out there and his face out there. Mm-hmm. uh Supposedly, according to her, he came back to the door years later and didn't give her details about why he wasn't, like, wouldn't come home and just left. According to the Johnny showed up at the White House years later as Jeff Gannon, who is a columnist. Um, and this is a major conspiracy. Jeff Gannon won't take a DNA test, so who fucking knows? Like, he refuses to. that's weird. So that's... If you're not, why wouldn't you? Well, exactly. That's where they're like, it's kind of odd that he refuses to. So what Benaki thinks is that once you get to a certain point, if you don't... Because he... So Benaki Okay, hold on. I'm a little confused. So Benaki
0: claims that he helped kidnap Josh johnny gosh johnny gosh yep and then johnny gosh's mother went through all the stuff to get him or whatever and she claims that he turned up on her doorstep one day
1: yes she claims that he turned up and he wouldn't tell her where he's been what was going on he just wanted to come check in on her and then he left and he was like older obviously right and then
0: Banaki is claiming that jeff gannon
1: is johnny gosh
0: okay yep and, and so...
1: Gannon will not take a DNA test. Yeah, has refused is. to take a DNA test. Okay. I don't know if it's just for privacy reasons. Like, he's like, I'm not going to because this is stupid. It's a okay. stupid conspiracy or what. But either way, he doesn't want to, will not. And um, so Banaki is saying that once you get through it, if you have not turned against them in a sense, they basically just, like, put you in a working position. Mm-hmm for them, so then they have people on the inside too that are not down with the system but like right. know about it um and aren't talking. But the reason that Banaki started like started talking or was more open about things is he actually ended up getting uh, prosecuted for the molestation of a five year old. Um which if you went through everything that he says he has, like it's not totally surprising that he turned right. into a molesta. A molesta okay <laughs> oh henry um <laughs> but so that's what made him like go okay well i'm here so i'm just gonna and he just started spilling all this stuff right so
0: it's down it sounds crazy but at the same time
1: it's re- like it's not real. is it
0: crazy <laughs> it's
1: for real <laughs> mm-hmm. um so now Another large part of this is Bohemian Grove, which I'm sure you've I thought, heard of.
0: No, I thought you were going to say Bohemian Graf- Rhapsody, and I was like... Yeah! Bohemian
1: Rhapsody. What?
0: I'm just a poor boy from a poor so,
1: family. You've heard of Bohemian Grove?
0: I feel like I've heard of it.
1: So, Bohemian Grove is a camp of sorts for political figures, um in California, where oh, they yeah, go yeah, and yeah. basically, like, sit... Last and- podcast
0: on the left did, left did yeah. So they
1: Okay. And there's a lot of, like, because they're so secretive about it, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things Satanic people, ritual
0: and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that people yeah.
1: think may be happening there. So, Benaki said that a good amount of it happened at a base, the base of a 50-foot owl statue, and near Sacramento, which... They're thinking that possibly Bohemian Grove is what he's referring to, but he doesn't know the name of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Benaki's testimony is chilling, and I'm going to read part of it for word for word, but I'm going to cut out some of it, because yikes. Um... And I listened to, like, a lot of this. And when Chris came over this week, I was like, do you mind if we watch, like, a documentary on this just so I can continue getting my research done? And, you know, it's like, sure. We started, it wasn't a documentary. It was just, like, him getting interviewed. And we're, like, listening to it. And I'm like, we're going to go ahead and turn this off because I don't need you to hate me after this for having to listen to this. Because I listened to a probably a good like almost two hours worth of interviews with him and it makes me want to throw up so i don't like it strap on i mean in (laughs) no so this (sighs) quotes anaki says there was a cage with a boy in it who wasn't wearing anything they told me to fuck the boy and stuff at first i said no and they had a gun and they put it to my balls and they said do it or you lose them he, or we did the, and that's where I kind of cut some of the stuff That's fine. Out, I'm, I'm um, perfectly okay with you. To the boy for like 30 minutes or an hour when a man came in. He grabbed the boy and he started fucking him. Yeah, he's very like to the point, straight graphic. I don't like this. Then he goes into detail about some of that and I just kind of cut that out. The boy screamed and the man was forcing Dick and the boy all the way, the man tossed the boy right next to me to the side and grabbed his gun and blew his head the boy's head off. He then talks about how he was forced to do things oh with the boy's God. dead body no. which I'm not gonna detail uh they had been filming it, they cleaned us all up, and they took us to a house they had a had the film playing or they had the film and played it. As the men watched, they passed Nicholas and I, which was another boy, Nicholas and I around as if we were toys and she- sexually abused us. They made Nicholas and I screw each other. He then talks about how the dead, how he had to humiliate the dead boy with his severed penis. Um, oh, no. I didn't want to write this because. Because the men forced me to bite the boy's penis and balls Dude, off. Dude, no,
0: don't say that. Oh and I was God. in that
1: house for five days. And that's where I'll stop. Yeah, please do. But it's, for real, this is, like, hours of stories like this where it's detailed to where it's, like, how do you think of that shit? Like, different people, too, not just him? Yeah, it's him, and then there's, um, I'll get to the, more, the other people. There are four people that actually talked, two of them which were killed are dead Mm -hmm. um and the other one is in prison for like 25 years for perjury Mm -hmm. yeah so we'll just we'll get into it so he also said that they stopped in las vegas and they and the person they picked up that had filmed the whole thing was hunter s thompson which is an american journalist Mm -hmm. and writer this I just kind of put quotes in there in case people don't know. This and everything else was not verified. So again, allegedly this is what right. he said happened. The investigation, they very um the very first case to implicate Larry King was that of Nellie and Kimberly Webb in nineteen eighty five. Okay. So they were the first people to talk about it before Binaki when he got in trouble. Okay. In eighty-eight. So Nellie and Kimberly detailed a massive child sex and pornography operation that was being run by a Mr. Larry King, as they said, Mm -hmm. and had close ties with Congress and even the White House. Nellie alleged that at these gatherings, she would sit naked or in underwear looking pretty and innocent, quotation, and guests would be allowed to perform whatever acts they wanted to as long as there wasn't penetration. And she would have been 14 at the time of this happening. She claimed that she met many high, high figureheads of the government. Majestic 12, you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. So that's another governmental like group. But she said that that was very closely tied to the Majestic 12. Okay. What's then, the Majestic 12? I would have to look up for details. It's a government group of, um, similar to, like, a Bohemian Grove type oh. of thing where there's, it's secretive or, like, Skull and Bones or, like, that you sort it. of thing. got it.
0: Okay. Got it. Um, <laughs> oh, look at the babies who came down to visit us so they could cuddle so a puppy. I'm sorry. I'm trying to just get through this so I don't have to think about it anymore. I know, but it hurts my heart. And then these happy puppies came just to make it better. This has been my life for the last how long. I'm like, let me just get it out and then I can
1: vomit work. Shoot, we're good. Okay. You sure? Mm -hmm. Sniff, sniff. We're good. Then a man named Rusty Nelson came into the picture. Okay. Rusty was implicated by a mother who that said that he had tried to get her daughter to take naked pictures for him. Uh, investigators searched his apartment and found many images of child pornography. Uh, when investigators looked into this man a bit more, they found that his rent was being paid for by none other than Larry King. So
0: dun, this is dun, what I mean. Dun. All these
1: things are tied together and it's hard to not think that they're... right.
0: That's so Somehow.
1: weird. Yeah. Also, Rusty was hired by Larry King's pers- by Larry King as his personal photographer. Doing doing this, he was asked to take pictures of certain people with or around the children that were being abused. Ew. Um, oh, to, for blackmail. Yep weirdly they kept paperwork for all these transactions
0: well receipts i
1: guess right but it's like for all the photography and stuff it's like okay so where are the photos which ones are Mm -hmm. yours that sort of thing i just think it's weird when you do don't do like just straight cash we'll call it good type of stuff when it's nefarious activity but the next one also the next one loretta smith Caught the attention of Officer Carmine, one of the investigators on the Rusty Nelson case, by telling the telling a caseworker that she knows that Larry King supports devil worshipping activities. Mm-hmm. Yep, devil worshipping is part of this too. Satanic like satanic rich rituals and stuff mm-hmm. hello mm-hmm. the years of the satanic panic okay this is the 80s everything was fucking crazy i forgot about the years yeah. okay um you know martin preschool all that fun mm-hmm. fucking stuff loretta said that she started attending these parties when she was about 11 years old Go down. it's much
0: more relaxing when you have a puppy in your lap oh good it's, it's a lot more soothing to me thank you
1: I'm sorry so but it is it's that's like, fine I'm, I'm like I want to just like pile drive through this information so I can just, stop thinking about it
0: it's very soothing to me to have a puppy to cuddle with while we're talking about this
1: and I gotta pee um, so she has started attending these parties at 11 the devil worshippers tested her faith so she was, like, part of this group, but I don't think she not realized willingly. how deep it went. You know what I mean? Like, she was 11 getting into, like, But trouble. she wasn't,
0: with. Will- was she willingly a part of it, or did they force her to be a part of it? I,
1: I don't know. It's, okay. Um, so first they put her in a room with a baby girl. Oh. Fucking be ready.
0: Can we not? Why do we have to go into this detail? I don't like it.
1: Because if I didn't go into this detail, there would be no story. <sighs> So they cut the baby's head off. We'll just <gasps> go right into it. I was gonna try to like inch into it, but no, nope. no, let's not uh, sp- do that. Dunk it like... on the wall next to Loretta, <gasps> and she was forced to sit in front of it. This was her like test. Uh, then she was told to take the head off of the wall, and the men cut the eyes out of the head. Um, They left Loretta locked in that room with the body, the headless body, for 24 hours with an earshot of her hearing another girl screaming in a different room. When the men returned and told her that... she's 11? Yeah. And told her that she had passed the test. uh, She said that the two men were Larry King and Mr. Finch. She doesn't know his actual name, who he is, but he went by Mr. Finch. And, but she knew he was a high school principal. Ew. Um,
0: yeah. I don't, this, I... What? <laughs> I'm sorry, but what are you fucking telling me? There are no! Of- no! No! <laughs> no! White right, Clover! No! Oh, thank you. Did you kiss this?
1: No! So... There are a lot of these names thrown around that were, like, clearly just names so that people didn't know their real names, right? Um, throughout all of these allegations, Lieutenant Wadman, who was the one charge of the um, the other one that was in charge, not of the bad stuff, but of the investigation. Huh. It's so hard when you have all these, like, people that shouldn't be doing stuff doing stuff, and it's like, is Lieutenant good, bad? Is this person good? Bad? I don't know. I don't like any of this. Oh, my God. Okay, so Lieutenant Wadman is trying to get things hushed up. So he's the lieutenant at the police department, and he's basically telling everybody not to talk about things. Oh. So he, I mean, he is bad, but he's not, like, in the group. He's not the one that's at the actual he's place. He's probably getting money from the group to keep it shut up. This... Was a supervising officer who was anti-investigating of Larry King. So either he was he got, being blackmailed, or, he was, or he was getting paid. Yeah. This is going to make like make you side-eye every single politic you ever seen. I ever already seen. do. I know that's, but I'm like shady-ass bitches. Uh, and that, my friends is where I'm gonna end it, because we're gonna start with the founding of the Franklin Committee for Part 2.
0: So, just to sum up... Yes, I'm ready. just gonna... (laughs) Brief summary. You're gonna... Okay, you try to sum this up. You got fucking Larry King, the non-Larry King Crypt Keeper. Correct. Who is running the Franklin Credit Union. Correct. And with the money he's got from the Ponzi scheme and all this shit that he's doing, Uh he's running a child... Can you stop hitting your head on the table? Child sex ring. Correct. And all this shit is happening with it. And it's mm-hmm. all over the world. Or, supposed Allegedly. Yes.
1: Allegedly, yes.
0: And his cover gets blown from that Pence guy, or Spence guy, or whatever. When that... The Bush, whatever, with the prostitutes in the oh, White yeah. House. Yep. And that's when... What's his nut starts talking.
1: Yep, yeah, because Spence got charged and convicted of... Bringing those... The prostitutes. prostitutes. Into the White House. Correct.
0: And then one of those prostitutes, prostitutes. was...
1: Banaki. Banaki. Correct. Who spilled the beans. hmm And then now we have... Now we have two girls who came out before Benaki did, but nobody said but, uh, but the
0: lieutenant was trying to keep yep. it all on the DL and yep. pushing it, silent, quieting it all.
1: Yep. So there were three Kay. girls that came forward and this lieutenant was like, shh. No! Shh. Good pup. Not you. Good girl. Yeah. So we get into more testimony because more comes out once the committee is made. Okay. But thus far, Larry King... Terrible human, lots of government and, like, high-profile people, um, are allegedly in on it, and Benaki is kind of, so, Benaki's kind of, like, my main thing, because that's where you get all the information, my main person I go to. Okay. But, yep, thus far, just terrible humans doing terrible things to, to kids, and... We're about to get into the investigation on it that, oh, she's so sweet. (laughs) The investigation. So stop it here so that we. I don't like it. So that we have like a decent cutoff and understanding spot. Yeah. It's fucking, it's a lot. It's a lot. She needs a mint in her dumpster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your breath is a dumpster fire. (laughs) Don't don't yawn in my face. Shove your head in my armpit. Maybe it'll smell better. Um, (laughs) eh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Okay. I don't fucking like it, and I'm good.
1: Okay, I won't tell you how it wraps
0: up. No, you have to. It's going to be a short ass episode of just
1: your second part. (laughs) I don't fucking want to
0: know anymore. Uh, but to be continued then on episode
1: 31? Episode, what is it? Installment 2? Episode 31. Yeah. Part D. d d Um... Uh,
0: you got... I that? do... I have a funny story. like,
1: tell me something funny, please. Um, so I went into work
0: today, and a lady at my work was... She's like, do you want to say something really fucking gross? And I was like... Yes. Yes. <laughs> tell me more. And she pulls out her phone and she said shows me a snapchat she's like just read it and it's a picture of a dead mouse and it's i was putting my clothes in my washer and i felt something in my pocket so i went ahead and reached in and pulled it out it's a dead fucking mouse in a pot her pants pocket and she's like i bought those pants four days ago i took them out of the bag went i don't want to wear them and then put them up on a hanger and they've been hanging in my closet Until yesterday when I put them on and I mowed lawn and then took them off and put them in my hamper. And then today I felt something in the pocket and that's when I pulled it out. And she's like, I'm almost 80% sure those pants were purchased with a dead mouse in the pocket. Because she's like, I have no idea how it would have gotten into my closet so unless it crawled into my laundry basket, crawled into the pocket, and died.
1: And fucking died.
0: She's like, and I don't have a mouse problem. Never seen a mouse in my apartment.
1: I was like... Did it smell? Because if it didn't smell, then it was fresh. I... She's like, I tried not to, like...
0: I... I pulled it out of my pocket, looked at it, went... Ah! And threw it.
1: Ouch. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh my god, gross. Like, <laughs> that's fucking disgusting. Yuck.
0: Alright, well, that was a terrible episode.
1: <laughs>
0: that I'm not looking forward to editing whatsoever.
1: I'm just gonna go ahead and say again, um, maybe if you're gonna tell someone to listen to the podcast, be like, hey, start with one. Never let them start with 30. Because everybody's gonna stop listening. Because that was... That was dark.
0: Yeah, I don't...
1: I don't. We gotta talk, to talk these things out, because that was a <laughs> lot of child shit. And it's gonna be just more for the next episode. <laughs> I feel like... Sorry. I feel like I, sh- I should've gone with, like, a... I don't know, like, a just run-of-the-mill sex worker it's killer. It's just gonna or- be a real
0: dark oh couple episodes. But then, how about for 32 we try to do something
1: not why don't we do something like totally different mm-hmm. anyway we'll talk about we'll that talk. not recording <laughs> thanks for listening oh well
0: follow us like us subscribe uh, to us on at isw the podcast on facebook instagram twitter send us an email at iswthepodcast@gmail.com the podcast at com.
1: please rate us and yes. review us we want to do another video to read our reviews but it's not really worth doing it if we only have two to read yeah which we do so two, thanks two. for the two who did. Yeah. You're the best. You're the business. The business. And his
0: elbows. His legs and his arms. Sorry. I'm just going into Eminem. Um, That's our cue. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I almost said calling. <laughs> thanks for
1: calling in. Thanks for calling.
0: Thank you for calling. Long oh, time. Bye. <laughs>
1: Long time listener. <laughs>
0: <laughs> First time calling. Yep. Let, Let me <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> Oh, fucking no.